Hey guys, so welcome to the fourth episode, season four of the Team Whisperer Show. And in this season, we are going to discuss journeys of various podcasters all around the world and how they are doing podcasts, their future goals, and many more. In today's episode, we have an awesome all-in-all person. He is the host of the podcast Plan B Success. He has written three books so far, if I'm being quiet, and two of them are about podcasting. I'll give the links in the description so you guys can go and check that out as well. So he's an entrepreneur and built businesses all over the world. So ladies and gentlemen, with a drum roll, let's let me introduce you to Mr. Rajiv. Mr. Rajiv, welcome to the show. So please tell a little bit about yourself and your podcasting career. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, I'm Rajiv Mudumba. Um, I've uh, kind of been in the healthcare space for the last 20 plus years. My background, you know, I have a couple of master's degrees in this age where people uh, are debating whether going to college makes sense or not. You know, you could say that I'm from uh, the previous generation where, uh, you know, we actually made it a point to go to college, right? So I pride myself in that. You know, I think I got a great education and I've uh, used it uh, uh, pretty well so far throughout my career. So. Other than that, uh, you know, Plan B Success is the podcast and it's, you know, just come up on a year actually this week. Um, and we just launched our 156th episode. I do about three episodes a week, primarily aimed at entrepreneurs, professionals and uh, students. And uh, generally what I do is uh, it's personal development, personal growth, career growth, professional growth. Those are my focus areas uh, that I like to talk about. It's just like you, I do interviews, I have solo topics and talk about them. Other than that, I'm into writing, as you said. Mm-hmm. You know, my first book I published about a year ago, it's called My Inspiration Quotes That Shapes My Self-Improvement Journey, where one of the things that I do is every day at the end of the day, I try to distill my entire day's experiences into a quote that I write. And I've done that uh, for the last five to six years now. So the book that I published is about five, 700 odd quotes from about five years that I put together. I don't know. Uh, this is curious because you named your podcast as Plan B Success. Is it actually? Do you have any experience in your personal life that you know, whenever you you know you have a Plan A, did it always fail? So that you actually named your podcast as Plan B Success, or it just came out of you know blue? No, actually, I have a reason for that. You know, I am a firm mm-hmm. believer that any career, profession, business, what whatever we choose, the very first one that we choose in our life happens. It just happens by happenstance. You know, it's not like you, you really planned it out. It's not like you sat down and you said, okay, my 20 years, this is what I'm going to do. Nobody starts there, right? And then they stick to it, right? Uh, you know, there's, there's a school of thought that says that never have a plan B, always have a plan A, because if you have a plan B, your plan A will never be successful. I don't believe in that. I believe in no matter which plan, you know, try to execute on it, take action. If it succeeds, great, pursue it. If it doesn't succeed, move to the next one. Um, so I'm about, like I said, we, we start with something happenstance. There's a group of people, um, you know, that realize that, hey, my passions lie elsewhere or maybe there, I, you know, it depends on the person. You, you realize what your purpose is, what your passions are, what do you really want to do, what your strengths are and all of that. And that takes a little time after you've started your journey. And once you have that, probably it's time to take stock of what you really love and then move towards that. And, and some people do that, you know, because, you know, when you do something you love, it's no longer work, right? 
you don't realize how much time you're spending or you really do it you enjoy the process of doing it and that's what everybody should be doing unfortunately there's a lot of people out in the world who start with that very first job or career that they have and then they look back and say mm, this is not really something i enjoy but you know what i've i've spent 4 years doing this maybe i'll just spend my life doing it get through it that's unfortunate um so that's what plan b success is all about saying there's always a plan b for you to be successful realize what it is and make an attempt to take action on it yeah and i think you know we can really correlate it to this to this covid 19 because many people have lost their jobs like tons and tons of people have lost their jobs so if they have had a plan b like you know if i lost this job i, I know i if they would have had a side hustle or anything like that then i think they probably would have you know gotten for this journey so yeah i can agree on that so this is something that i actually want to ask from an indian perspective like uh, why actually you know you went to study you know in us is it actually in a personal reasons or is is it is it anything like a professional reason if it's personal no problem you don't need to tell but no uh, uh, is it anything like a uh, professional well uh, you know you know i grew up in the uh, mid 90s right so mid 90s is when when i graduated uh, out of pune uh, with an mba and one of the very first thing this was the time when market was opening up in india you know the first time when um, international companies were coming in in, in into india uh, so there was a canadian company that came in and uh, they were doing direct marketing of consumer durables toys kitchenware those kinds of things that they were uh, teaching you how to sell door to door and uh, i joined them you know which was uh, kind of looked down upon at that point in time and a lot of my classmates were out there getting campus jobs and here i was getting ready to lug a bag door to door after an mba um, and i really liked the aspect of it because that probably was the best foundation that i could have found in my life which has stood me in good stead till date so you know it it is basically going door to door but i learned so much in the year and a half that i did it that i ended up building a team and launching a, a business with them and then the canadian company decided to something little different which is they decided they're going to source their products in india so they went to delhi bombay and they started finding manufacturers for their products at which point i kind of took a step back and i'm like okay the i know how they do it i've learned how to do it and if they can go and get these products i can do the same as well so i parted ways with them i started my own direct marketing company i grew it to about 12 locations 300 odd people uh, were working in it and i sourced my own products and we did really well then i ended up selling that business because it, that was a time technology was booming in india you know you, you had all these coaching centers everybody was learning technology i did the same thing because i came out with an mba right before technology was a big thing in india so my exposure to technology was not that great today it's a different game altogether today from right from kindergarten kids touch computers right i hadn't seen a, a computer until i finished my mba um so i for me it was important to go back and learn technology and you know then i dabbled like just like anybody else i dabbled in c c++ java all of that and i very quickly learned that i am not a techie you know i'm not a guy who's going to enjoy coding uh, so the next best thing for me was to get a business come technology degree and that's how i came to the us which meant going back to school and i already had a couple of masters and uh, you know either i could look for a job which was not technology related um or 
you know, get into education again and learn everything the way things were. And I thought that was a good bet for me at that point. So that's how I came to the U.S. I took an MBA in information systems and e-commerce. Um, and once I did that, now I was equipped with business skills on one side and technical skills on the other. But, you know, back in 2000, the world was different. You know, although I had all this experience back from India, it was not recognized in the U.S. I had to start from scratch. So I went down the ladder, started as a business, hands-on business analyst, and then grew through the ranks throughout my career. So that's kind of the reason uh, for me going back and taking an, another degree and coming to the U.S. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. Because it's, I, I, you know, I sometimes, you know, can't even imagine like, you know, once after working, it's studying is really, really hard because if you get the taste of the money, it's like you would do anything to do it because, you know, I'm actually working on this video editing on side hustle. My mom always used to say that, you know, don't do, put too much pressure on it. Okay. Just do it as a hobby because if you put too much pressure on it, you will get the taste of the money. Then you won't be studying, you know, you'll be concentrating on the study. And I actually agree because I was suffering that for a little bit and it was actually really hard when you, you know, doing that. So, I mean, like having two masters and going on to studying again, it's, it's really great. And talking about this tech savvy thing, you know, being an MBA, my professor also used to say that uh, today you should be an MBA with a technology, you know, tech savvy also. Because, you know, like I said, business analysis is actually, you know, booming right now. People are asking for data analytics and many of the stuff and uh, things. And yeah, yeah, I really agree that. And, you know, uh, on this one point that you said that when you're de dealing with direct marketing, this is something that I was always fear because it's so easy because when someone comes to our home, because you in India, you, you must, you know, you're knowing is that someone will come to your home with an encyclopedia okay, to sell. Mostly it will be like an MBA guy or someone who sales guy coming to your home with an encyclopedia or anything like that. And uh, it's really, you know, the customer might be, you know, sometimes harsh, like we don't, we need that anything like, because we don't know the customer, whether they're middle class, whether they're anything, we don't know the target audience or anything. So how do you actually deal with the rejection? Uh, you know, you, how do you actually, you know, motivate your, your employees to deal with the rejection? So that was my very first lesson when I joined actually uh, the mm -hmm. program. So, you know, I had a great trainer, an American guy who actually took me door to door the first day, I just shadowed him and did whatever he saw, whatever he did. And then the next day he gave me a bag and he said, we marked out a territory and he said, go here and start knocking doors. Um, and I did that. And just like you said, right, uh, this was my day one on the job. And a lot of people, you know, were, were pretty rude. And there was one particular person who actually banged the door on my face. And that was the last straw for me. I, I took it very personally, right? And, and that there's a difference between uh, profession and personal, which people have to learn. But, you know, being naive and being new, I took it very personally. And I'm like, you know, this guy just banged the door uh, on my face. And then I went back to the office, dropped the bag and said, this is not for me. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Thank you. And then my trainer, he sat me down. He gave me a bottle of water after I drank the water. You know, he didn't, you know, he didn't pity me or he didn't uh, show any specific sympathy all he said was listen you know you can make the decision about your life it's your life you can either walk out of here and your history for me or you can decide to pick up that bag and go back there you will face re rejection but you need to know that the law of averages works he said go and knock 300 doors and there'll be a 10 percent return at least 30 people will buy your product that's the goal that you're going after so I picked up the bag. I went through the rest of the day, just like he said. Um, and, you know, I didn't get all the 30 pieces. I probably sold like 15 odd pieces that particular day. But it was a great lesson that I learned because, you know, then I started dusting off the nose. 
you know, irrespective of how the person was or how they reacted, whether they were angry, whether they were sad, whether they banged the door on my face, it didn't matter because I had this big smile on my face and repeat, repeat, repeat. You know, you, you, whatever pitch you have, you smile, you repeat, you smile, you repeat. And then I kept doing that consistently. And that's how I face my nose. And that's something that I teach uh, people even today, you know, Persistence and consistency is the key to any business, anything that you do in life, not just a business, right? Whatever you want to do, like this podcasting you're doing, it's not an easy job. You know, um, there's, a, there's a lot of people out there who do a lot of interviews. You know, one of the reasons when I started my podcasting, and I'll tell you the reason for the podcasting too, is I saw a lot of 20-somethings who were doing podcasting and they were interviewing you know, one person after the other and other. There's a lot of podcasts with interviews. And when I started, I decided that, you know, there's a lot I have to share. There's a lot of experience and expertise that I have to share. And when you look at uh, movie stars or uh, sing, great singers that you know of, how do you know them? You know them by their work all the way back to when they started. If there's, some, if there's an actor out there with 30 years of uh, uh, past career behind him, you know every single movie of that actor. And you will watch that time and again. That's that their work is there for you to see any employee in general. What happens? What do we have to show? If you're an employee, like another several millions of employees out there, what do you have to show? We are all as an employee. It's about paycheck to paycheck. It's about month to month. You know, whatever you've done last week, whatever projects and whatever wins you had is over. You move on to the next one. You have nothing to show except for what you put on that resume. And that's about it. And then this, that was my decision to start this podcast where I said, I'm going to do interviews where I bring in other perspective, but I have my own perspective. So I pick topics and I talk about it. I do my own research. I talk about it. Like I said, it's not easy because you know what goes into that? Your research, your time, you, you know, you got to write it down. You got to be happy with what you wrote down. Then you got to record it. You got to edit it. There's a lot that goes in. It's very easy to give up, but persistence and consistency is what will make it successful. You know, when you, when you're out there to talk the very first time or coach the very first time, first is it's, it's having that uh, gut feeling to say, I am going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm probably very happy being an introvert and being behind the curtain and not showing my face. But if you want your voice to be heard, you have to step out and you have to get uncomfortable. Even if there's no audience out there, even if there's one person out there, and then slowly it builds and builds and builds. So that's consistency. That's persistence going at it when everything looks down. If you, if you have the courage to go at it when everything looks down, if you have the courage to be persistent and consistent, irrespective of how things are, the day will come when things will be in your favor. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, because... At first, I was starting a podcast, like you know, the, at season one when you know, uh, you know, I was doing it. I had no idea how to do. It. Like, I just, I just, you know, I just wanted to do an interview because I just love hearing people's stories because there are like tons of people out there, but people are still talking about Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, everyone. But there are millions of people out there who have contributed way more than that because those are the people that actually made them who they are. Like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. So I actually wanted to, you know, talk to those people. That's one of the reasons why I did the podcast. And at first I had no idea. So I just, you know, just uh, messaged random people. Like, you know, I just put hashtag entrepreneur on Instagram. I just read 
just send a DM to everyone. I just maybe just the one thing I wanted to do is that. So yeah, and I, I can clearly understand how much you know work it does when it comes to podcasting and everything. And this is one point I want to add. You know, when it comes to direct marketing, is that a guy actually asked me, uh, dude, is it actually worth doing an MBA? He said. I said, dude, uh, you know, uh, what is actually the biggest thing that will break your heart? I asked him. He said, uh, let's say for example that uh, if a girl does, if a girl rejects my proposal. That's the biggest thing that can break my heart. I said, you can actually bear that if you go and knock a door and when you face a rejection of that, trust me, no matter, no girl, not even a guard can come and, you know, just make you feel that because it's kind of personal and professional. So like you said, you know, when someone bangs on your door, it's kind of feels personal and professionally, you are not efficient as well. So yeah, I think, I think, I think that's really a great thing to coming on that. And, um, just one thing I want to ask is that uh, in today's podcasting, you know, industry and everything and stuff, people are using the word pivot. If people are using that, you need to, you know, adopt according to your business because it's COVID and everything. Do you think it's actually good to, you know, this change the way that you're doing according to the circumstances or, you know, because this COVID is actually, it's, it's going to go somehow like three months or four months. And if it's gone, you have to change back again. The cost involved in it is really bad. So do you think people should change or just, you know, do it accordingly? So there are two things here, right? So when you really look at uh, look at it from a situational standpoint, you know, obviously, you got to look at what are the positives, what are the negatives of doing something. Yeah. You're right, absolutely. But at the same time, you also have to look at, you know, from the lot of lot of people out there, lot of coaches or lot of uh, people mm. that are doing these kinds of things out there are all about the bottom line, the money, right? There's so yeah. there's so many coaches out there who are teaching others how to make money, right? And in the process, they make their own money. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. But th- that's not the point. The point is, how do you benefit your audience? Or how do you benefit mm-hmm. your client, your customer? How can you do something where their life becomes easier in a difficult situation like the one right now? If you think about it from that perspective, you will get ideas in order to benefit them. And if you have those ideas, then it's a, it's a, something that's win-win for both of you, right? First, you're offering them something that will make life easy for them. Second, your business automatically, I wouldn't say shifts, <clears throat> I would say it, it evolves with the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then when a business evolves, it's a natural thing for it to grow and also get into the right pattern when things go back to normalcy because you know what your customers will remember you for what you did for them Mm -hmm. at that point in time and it's about customer stickiness it's not about how do i make the shift now with things going bad what can i do so so you know one example i can give you is we know that online education is picking up like crazy because you know people are at home that's the only way to study so if somebody is invested in an online platform or if somebody is creating Mm -hmm. online courses that's a great, this is a great time to do that. And this is a great, and at the same time, you have to learn the, the, the way to write sales copy or market yourself and all that. And it all needs to come from the heart. You know, there are a lot of people use a lot of tricks. You know, there's tricks about, hey, uh, you're going to lose it if you don't buy it in the next hour. Or, hey, uh, yeah. it's uh, 100 bucks a pop. Uh, I'm, I'm giving it away for 90% off. You know, all cheap tricks, tricks of the trade in order to attract people and you might be successful in attracting one or two but if you try and say hey this is this is what i'm hearing from customers in terms of the problems this is my solution and this is how it can help you 
you'll have a lot more runway in terms of clients that you get. And you don't have to change your business model. Your business model automatically starts evolving because you're doing the right thing. You're thinking the right way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, you know, uh, what you have to suggest is that uh, this, you know, business changing and evolving and everything and stuff. Do you think people should go after uh, service industry or product-based industry? Because service nowadays actually really suffering a lot because people don't have anything to do. So they're obviously saying that, no, let's just, you know, postpone the paycheck, you know, do the work, then we'll pay. But product on the other hand will always be sustainable. But India being a service country, it's, it's really based on service country itself. Not many much product countries are there. So what do you suggest that if someone is, you know, going for a startup, do you suggest that their idea should be like, you know, based on products or on service? So service and products are two unique industries and you're absolutely right. And India has always been a service provider for the world, right? But I think it's time India evolves too. You're, you know, having a product, having a platform, owning the ecosystem or being able to nurture the ecosystem around it is a lot more mileage for what you want to do. Mm -hmm. It's the same amount of effort, whether you're on the service side, whether you're on the product side, yeah. it's the same amount of effort. I would totally bet on the products. I think it's time India starts uh, coming up with products that it, ha it has ready to serve the world. And what better opportune time that, than now? You know, 59 apps were banned uh, by, yeah. by India. And, you know, there's this whole sway of nationalism and patriotism going on in India. This is the right time for people to invest in products and stand, mm -hmm. stand up products. And it doesn't have to be something totally earth shattering. That is not anywhere. Mm -hmm. It can be something that China had or the US had or somebody else had, but it's an Indian version made in India thing. And I'm telling you, mm -hmm. with the kind of population we have and the, the patriotism angle we have, people will latch on to it and, and grow it. And then it might be ready to be offered to the world as well. So India has come of age, right? You have investments going on in India. There was a lot of dependency on foreign investments. Now you actually have the first generation of billionaires in India who have who have grown and who are investing their own money back in into India so the market excuse me <coughs> yeah. the market's better uh, of course Indian uh, entrepreneurial market I always believe is about maybe 10 15 years behind where the US is uh, and you know China is kind of on par with the US maybe a little bit behind is how I look at it but they have a better bigger marketplace but India is at a point where they can look beyond service and get involved in innovation, creativity, products. And they need to do that at this point because that is what will allow them to take that next step in, in evolving as a country than just trying to be the service provider. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with you because you said that, you know, this patriotism rising in this uh, right now is really crazy, isn't it? Because when people in our, in our country, it's like you never know what's going to happen next. It's like, it's always in the, in the you know, this un unexpected un uh, things because after banning 59 apps, there are actually tons of apps like Instagram started to, uh, you know, uh, this reels stuff. It's kind of uh, TikTok, you know, short form version. It's, they have installed that. And there's an app called March. It actually came from Roposo, uh, which actually was also an Indian app. So it, it, I, I don't know how to express it because I always want to start, uh, you know, uh, start my, you know, uh, video editing or video production kind of uh, startup in my in this area. I've always wondered if it actually succeed, how long will it sustain? I mean, like people's mind is really, really, really like confusing when it comes to the Indian market. Like when we don't know what to happen next. So yeah, I, th I think that's one of the things that I, I you can always expect in India. 
and just just one thing is that i just kind of this kind of uh, like off the podcast question i always ask my guest is that who was the last person that you made smile today well i think it's my daughter you know we just had a, wow. <laughs> a small event for her a uh, uh, couple of actually one that was the reason i asked to move by an hour uh so just got uh, with that with just got done with that and came upstairs so yeah she, she was the last one oh that's sweet as sweet as sweet awesome uh so this one thing is you know just two things before before going on to start uh, you said you coach a lot of people and which is kind of really how to say a scary thing to do because when someone they ask me to take a seminar i kind of really you know afraid is that what if people doesn't listen to me that's that's the most afraid because it's even your friend will be talking to someone else you would come on medicine to me see your friend taking seminar please listen to me that's how the feeling will happen so how do you know that you're ready to do coaching like is it actually something how of uh, how to say like knowledge based or something just gut feeling you're just ready to coach and people will listen to you because you know the you should know the words like to inspire them and motivate them so, so how do you actually i think it's a mix of both but definitely knowledge based because uh, mm-hmm. so let me tell you where i started right you know you know i've always had this uh, itch to write and way back in 2011 is i think when i really started publishing i used to write for a long time but i didn't get into publishing until 2011 so and the way i used to do it is you know i would pick a topic that i was interested in for either for work or for my personal uh, goals and then i would do the research you know factual data based research and then you know it would take a little bit of time a couple of days and then i would gather all my research and then once i had it in my head then i would tell it to myself i would tell myself what i understood based on my uh, the research that i had done and very quickly it started becoming a habit to write an article you know and then i started writing what i understood because by the time i finished writing it then it became a concrete thing in my head that yep i got it i understood it the way it needs to be understood and i'm 100% yeah. sure that you know i have a good uh, handle on it and the best part about writing is that when you when you write what you remember is for life you know it, it, it just yeah. it just doesn't go away um, and then when once i started doing that i started looking at what i wrote and i'm like okay i'm writing all this why not repurpose it so i started reaching out to Uh, you know digital media and uh, print media and saying okay i i wrote on this uh, topic you know my personal research you know obviously just like anybody else there are a lot of people that say no but you should never give up and keep going and eventually i had a couple of magazines who were interested and then one thing led to the other one thing led to the other and then i started publishing there was a point when i you know like uh, 2016 i received a uh an award for the for the best article with a healthcare magazine here in the US where where it was i took a startup that failed in the telehealth space and uh, i did my research as to why did they fail you know they they were funded well they had, they had a business model they had the staff they did everything but they failed uh, so i did an analysis on that and that did really well um and then you know i i also dabble in um, startups i invest in startups um, you know in the us and in india i i mentor a lot of startups um in one one form or the other and i started doing all that and then you know then what happens is you start becoming an expert at what you do and then you know obviously people started looking at me as hey he's an expert in this field maybe we should have him come and speak and then you know part of it was work you know i started rep- representing the companies that i worked with at different conferences so i would speak on different topics 
one thing led to the other. I actually flew internationally to just speak, speak on topics and came back. And I take things very seriously. When I am speaking about something, you know, you can bet on it that I have it, you know, A to Z, totally digested and ready to roll, mm-hmm. you know. Because, you know, I don't know what question is going to pop up from the audience. I better, ha- I better, better, yeah. better have an answer. And I make my, uh, you know, whatever I'm talking about, my uh, PowerPoints or my uh, scripts, very, very interesting in terms of providing as much knowledge as I can in that short span of time. And that's the, uh, that's the way I do it even now in coaching. I have a lot of people who, who come for one-on-one coaching in terms of accelerating their careers. You know, I started here. I want to be an executive in a, in a company. How do I chart my path to get there? I talk about that. Um, and then, you know, way back about 10 years ago, like I told you, I started off as a hands-on business analyst and then I grew through the ranks. And then over, over my career, I've done different things. I've done sales. I've done uh, technology. I've done product management, product development. I've run operational teams. I've run P&L. I've run customer departments and I did it all consciously because I wanted to have a well-rounded view of the entire thing Mm -hmm. so that, you know, I could go and sell something today. And if somebody tells me it's not operational or uh, it's too much of a lift, I can tell them exactly how to, how to create the operational department around it and, and make it work. And I, and I like to be comfortable that way. I don't like to be comfortable in one function and say, mm-hmm. hey, this is, I'm an expert at sales. I have no idea about operations and I will not look at it. I'm not mm-hmm. like that, you know. I'm, an, yeah. I'm about having a complete grip on everything that I do. And so back in 2020, 2010, 2029, 2009, I think, yeah, I started uh, teaching um, business analysis online. You know, I used to do Zoom sessions just like this where I was teaching people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a 21-hour course that I created. And for somebody who had no idea what business analysis is all about and maybe heard that word for the very first time, I could take somebody like that, walk them through the course. And by the end of the course, mm-hmm. they would be ready to go and face an interview for a entry-level business analysis position. So that's what I did. And I actually have the same program that I'm building right now, recording it and putting it on my school, the Plan B Success School uh, on Thinkific. Uh, So I did that. And, uh, you know, podcasting, for instance, right? There were were a lot of programs out there. There were guys who were ready to charge me like thousand bucks to teach me podcasting or, uh, you know, (laughs) 5,000 bucks. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to figure this out myself. You know, maybe I took a little, yeah. <laughs> little, little longer, but you know, I figured, mm-hmm. figured out uh, equipment, software, hardware, editing, what technologies to use, um, um, you know, how to, how to get your podcast uh, cover art, how to get it up and running, how to submit to all the different, uh, you know, platforms out there. I figured everything out in about 15 days and the next 15 days I had it on there. Next 15 days I recorded my first set of uh, six episodes and then once I was ready, I started it. And then I kept up with it saying, mm-hmm. I got to have three episodes a week, no matter what. And I've never, never, ever missed one so far. So then I said, okay, now I know all this stuff. What can I do? I wrote those books you talked about, right? Uh, on mm-hmm. podcasting. So I said, okay, I'm going to write this. And then I'm going to start offering it up to people who want to learn. Now I have a whole uh, three-hour podcasting session that I've recorded. There's a half an hour one that I give away for free. There's another one that's a paid course that's out there. So I have done that. So I think, I think it's basically, it comes back to you. If you feel solid, don't look for, Mm. don't look for acceptance outside. That's something I tell everybody, you know, no matter who you are, no matter um, what you have studied, 
don't think don't belittle yourself and don't seek external acceptance a lot of us do that a lot of us have a pro- yeah. problem where we need the other person outside to tell us hey you're on the right track or you did the right thing i think it's a, a part of it is ingrained right you know how you have grown up where where have you grown up your environment and all the day you let go of that the day you make up your mind that this is my life i will lead it the way i want to lead it and i am in control of it and if you feel solid about what you have to teach then it's time you get out there and start teaching because if it is if it is not worth it you will know it very quickly your your audience will tell that to you and then you can go back and look at okay where did i screw up and what can i fix so that's number one the knowledge the second part is like i said getting stepping outside your comfort zone and getting in front of people to be able to show them that you're out there available to talk those two things are key wow it's like you know the the script that i wrote like all in all i think it perfectly suits you i think it's really great because i think after after reading all of your description i actually know knew that this guy is all in all because it's not easy to be in uh, you know in that kind of place but that that's totally awesome so just one final question you know before closing is that um uh, what do you actually think is the best tip in the whole world that you can provide to a fellow podcaster in order to grow the best tip in the world according to you the best tip in the world i think is consistency you know be consistent with what you're doing you will have a lot of times where you will question what you're doing where you'll question if you're wasting your time doing it where you will question is it really worth it you know you might have a time when you a particular episode will not do well you might not have a whole lot of views or you might look at somebody out there who has started a podcast and monetized it very quickly and you might not be able to monetize your podcast very quickly but you know if the end goal is monetization and if that's the intention you started with with podcasting you'll get disappointed very quickly but if it's your voice you know you're giving a platform to your own voice from wherever you're sitting who else has that kind of an opportunity out there in the world you know get excited about yeah. that and speak from the soul you know whatever you say speak from the soul if you believe in it say it and don't fear what the other person is going to say you know the other day i did a i did an episode on all lives matter you know you you, you probably heard about what's going on with yeah. black lives matter yeah. and all that george floyd yeah and george floyd stuff right and i did an entire episode on all lives matter black white gray yellow whatever color you talk about it they matter so it's not about one life mattering and not the other and i did an entire episode on that and you know and you know not everybody might agree with me which i'm very open to you know discuss debate whatever it is but that's my point of view um you know i did an episode once that did really well on do good people make poor managers do nice people make mm. poor, poor managers so if you are nice to everyone else and you're being nice yeah. people tend to take nicety for weakness they yeah, oh, no, this guy this guy, taken for granted yeah <laughs> this guy this guy i don't think will will make a strong ceo why not mm. nice being nice is something that's ingrained in people and it's a great trait to have you don't have to be rude you don't have to be bossy you don't have to be one who's saying go do this and do that in order to become a ceo you can still be nice and you know it's it, leadership is about service not about being bossy and so that's my point of view right so you know that there, there was one that i did on that i had a lot of hr directors uh, uh, reach out to me on one that i did which i said is hr the weak link in a company or is it actually uh, you know the a strong backbone yeah 
think about it hr is between it's it's paid by the exec team it it does mm. their beck and call but it's supposed to be this non partial unbiased body mm. that is there to uh, support the employees but you see a lot of times that nature is basically doing whatever the exec team wants they're not really siding with the employees you see that in a lot of companies you have very rare companies where you have hr that is actually taking its own stand and saying you the exec team are paying me i know that but my job is these are my clients and this is this is yeah. who i represent so that's an that's a controversial episode and i had a lot of hr people <laughs> reaching out so there's a, there's those kinds of things and you know just like everybody else i have some episodes that i think will do great uh and then you realize okay i didn't get a whole lot of views but that's okay you know i i was happy with my episode and that's all matters and then i move on to the next one wow wow that's 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 totally awesome really because you know self doubt you know once it's come it's really 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 hard to push that away and you trust me after after being on like you know i've actually changed like five schools when i was young and you know it's it's really hard because after that when i joined college many people knew me but i didn't know i didn't know them because i actually changed five schools so i didn't know those people and you know i actually have always had doubt like you know i will this actually matter will what i do actually matters but after sort of time i feel like screw it it, it doesn't matter what people think it's just me i'm doing i'm enjoying every single minute of it so i know there will be someone like me exactly in this whole world like that will listen to it so that actually satisfies me so guys those who are listening please take this into account because if you're thinking of starting anything like anything from the start like podcasting or anything and stuff just go and do it it, it really really means a lot so thanks so much mr rajiv for coming on the show and is there anything else you want to ask me at last no i think it's been a pleasure uh, being here i wish you the very best with your podcast i think you did a great thing by starting it and you should keep up at it uh and you know all good things will come your way don't worry about it stay consistent stay stay persistent thanks so much rajesh that guys thanks for listening for podcast and i'll give an every link in the description for him to connect and with the you know the books they have written and the podcast stuff and everything and i'll give given time stamps also like what are things i have discussed in this podcast so far so you can go and check that out and if you have any questions leave in the comment section below i'll direct to him or if it's possible for me to answer i'll answer them then thanks so much rajesh i'll see you guys next podcast